I'm just so happy that you're here early in the morning with me to jump into the Word of God. And I really believe that the Word of God is going to jump into you and cause your faith and your understanding to come alive concerning God's will and God's perfect plan for your life. Today I'll be teaching from Romans chapter 6 verse 3. I'd like to invite you to grab your Bibles. Today is a little bit technical with what we're going to work through, so it would be good for you to open your Bible up and follow along with me as we engage into the, uh, today's Bible study. Heavenly Father, we ask that your Holy Spirit would come right now, bringing illumination and understanding of the Scriptures, that we might take them and then apply it to our lives and enjoy the very, very fruitful and rich benefits of your Word in Jesus' name, amen. And of course, my friends, today the Holy Spirit will help us as God will answer that prayer in a very clear way. Praise the Lord. Now, before we jump into the scriptures today, I want to encourage you to continue to pray for the outreach, the launch of our television ministry. As the Lord has been helping us to move forward in that, there's a lot of uh, amazing things taking place kind of behind the scenes as uh, work is now underway concerning the uh, production for new television programs. And so I really want to say thank you for those that are faithful tithers. What a difference it makes. And as well, I know that uh, along with online church members, we have a lot of ministry partners that are very caring uh, and loving of this ministry. And so you sow financial seed. So now is a great time if you have some extra or you really want to do something special to express your love and appreciation for this ministry and what it means in your life. It would really help us if you were able to sow a special seed for the television ministry, something on top of your tithe. I, I know that the tithe goes to the Lord first, uh, but if you're able to do something above your tithe, it would really be special because we can take it and put it towards television. So if you want to mail something in or send something in by uh, just regular postal mail, just put a note on your giving that this is for the television ministry. And again, it would be very timely. If you would like to sow something special, we could certainly use it at this time as we are moving forward and God is making a way. So let's keep it going. Let's, let's develop it uh, the way that God wants it to be. And of course, your giving is critical in that I need your help. And together we go through this door really of global opportunity to present the gospel message. So my friends, thank you for your giving and your financial support of this ministry as well as your prayers. It means a lot to me and Kelly, and you have a part, uh, a, a very direct part with everything that happens here, because your heart is in it, your prayers are in it, and your giving is in it, and so we go through the door together. Praise God. Now, today we are in Romans chapter 6, verse 3. I want to talk about, show me your identification, really. I would like to see three forms of your identification. You know, the thing is, is just a couple of days ago, I had my new passport arrive in the mail. And me and Kelly, we both got new passports. The other, the other ones were just, uh, you know, pretty much filled up from getting stamped from the various nations and trips that we have made, as well as they were ending their 10-year cycle. So we got brand new passports. It's always nice to hold something new like that in your hand. So here's the thing. You, you have 
uh, in this nation at least, usually three primary means of identification. One would probably be the easiest one would be your driver's license. And if you have a driver's license, you know, that'll pass for most things. Uh, even getting on an airplane, that's all you need here in America. If you want to fly somewhere, just, you know, you're going through security, just show them your driver's license. You're good to go. You know, if the officer for some reason uh, pulls you over or you're at a, uh, a line that's stopped and they need some identification, you just pull out that good old driver's license, you're good to go. Sometimes, though, you need more than one means of ID. So we have we have the good old Social Security number, and here in the States, uh, pretty much everybody has one, and it's uh, almost impossible to function uh, without a Social Security number, and that is a means of, uh, of tracking things for benefits as well as for taxation and for other good usages. So now we're up to two very reliable means of ID, and of course you have the one that I mentioned previously, which would be the passport. If you got all three of those, you should be good to go. You are who it says you are, and it has been validated by credible sources, and uh, you've got plenty of means of identification. I really believe as believers there are three primary means of identification that you need to understand and this is something that's quite remarkable because you have some believers out there that can't produce their ID I'm talking about their spiritual ID and if if you ask them to show some ID uh, they they can't reach their wallet and pull their card out. They don't know where they put it at. And we want to talk about that today. You always need to know your three primary means of spiritual identification. The Apostle Paul teaching on this in Romans 6 uh, brings this to our understanding. Let's talk about it now at this time. Verse 3, Paul said, or do you not know? It's amazing. Uh, and he, he's writing to the believers do you not know there are quite a few Christians who do not know this they they have an overall picture of it but they can't interpret the picture of what took place at Calvary if you just read the Gospels you will be kind of left scratching your head thinking that was pretty epic that was pretty awesome but how does a man dying on a cross have anything to do with my life how, do, how was that applicable to my life that a man died on the cross 2,000 years ago. Okay, I see the picture. I, I've seen movies about it. I can visualize it. But what kind of effect does that have on me concerning my, in a, my identification of who I am today? I am so glad that you joined this broadcast because you'll be able to understand it better as we jump into it. Or do you not know? So, so I believe from this point on, you'll have a very clear understanding. Or do you not know that as many of us, that that's referring to believers, many, as many as us who believe in Christ as Savior and Lord, or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Well, the word baptize is interesting because it's basically a word in our English language Bible that was never translated. And I think they could have done a better job back in the 1600s when the uh, authorized version of the KJV, King James Version, came out. And they came across the word as they were translating from Greek into that time, their English language, which, of course, the English language has changed a lot over the last 400 years. But nevertheless, when they saw the Greek word baptize, 
they left it in the Greek and they didn't translate it. And there's different reasons uh, for why that could have happened. One of the one of the uh, suggested reasons as is because that time in the church which many of their translators belong to that the, that church during that period, they did a lot of uh, sprinkling with water. In other words, the word baptized technically means to be placed in, to be placed in so fully that you're actually immersed in. So they knew that the word baptize means to immerse. But what do you do when you've been sprinkling? And this is how we baptize, we, we sprinkle. Well, they're like, look, let's just keep it simple. Let's just leave the word in the Greek, and nobody will know <laughs> unless they learn a little bit of Greek. But my friends, when it's talking about baptism here, it's not referring to baptism or immersion in water. It's referring to baptism or immersion or being placed into Christ. Be being placed into Christ what? Being placed into his death. Now check this out. Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized, were immersed and placed fully into Christ Jesus, were placed into his death? Did you know, I want to ask you this, did you know that 2,000 years ago when Jesus hung on that cross and bore our sins, that when he died, the moment he died, in the mind of God, God identified you with his death. That when he died, technically in the mind of God, you died. Now, you might be thinking, well, Pastor Stephen, what do you mean I died? I, I'm, I'm still alive. Yes, you're still alive physically. But when you gave your heart to Jesus, and you asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, whenever it was, maybe it was in 1983, Maybe it was in 1972. Maybe it was in 2014. But whenever you were saved and born again, you put your faith and trust in Jesus. Your old man died. Well, Pastor Stephen, what do you mean, my old man? Well, verse 6 explains it, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him. Who is the old man? That's not referring to your dad. The old man is the person that you used to be before you came to Christ. And the old man was bound in sin. The old man, the old Stephen Brooks had a sin nature. And your old man had a sin nature. And we were dominated by the sin nature. All unbelievers, everybody outside of Christ is dominated by the sin nature because they are spiritually dead, even though they are physically alive. So the thing is, is that when Christ died on that cross, the moment you receive Christ as your savior, your old man was cut off. He died and Christ's resurrection, excuse me, Christ's death was also your death. Oh my goodness. And that's how God the Father sees it. That's how he sees it. See, you were immersed, you were placed into his death. Well, when did he die? He died 2,000 years ago on the cross. So you may have been saved in 2017. You may have been saved in 1992. But the fact of the matter is, the moment you receive Christ as your Savior, God the Father had already identified your death with Christ on that cross 2,000 years ago. What is your first proof 
or means of identification. Hey, I'd like to see your ID. Here is your identification. You were baptized. You were fully placed into Christ's death, into his death. That is your primary means of identification. Crucified with Christ. Woo, glory to God. The old sin nature, the old man has been cut off. It has been cut off. It does not dominate you anymore. You do not have to be controlled by sin, by desires or, or, or these things, these urges. The sin nature has been cut off. You now have a completely new nature. Now, it's very fascinating because when you, when you study this more deeply, and we, we don't have time this morning, but when you study it more deeply, you have to understand that it's that what God did, and it's actually the same language in the Greek, is the same thing that a doctor would do when a doctor wants to remove a, a um, an appendix from a person's body, and something's wrong with the appendix that doesn't work. He goes in there, he makes a surgical precise cut, and the appendix is cut off, and he removes the sick, the malfunction or non-function in appendix out of the body. Now, God does the same thing with the sin nature, except this is what he does. He cuts it off. When? When you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, you died. You died. You're placed with that death in Christ. And so the old man is severed and cut off completely. But what God does different is that when he cuts off the sin nature, he still leaves it on the inside of you. It's dormant. It's lying there. You don't want to awaken it. You don't want to plug it back in. You don't want to give it energy. You don't want to supply it with opportunities for this old man to get going again. You're, you no longer have her sin nature. You now have the nature of God. But you have to understand that until we go home to be with Jesus or we're caught up to meet the Lord in the air, you're going to have to make sure that that cut off nature does not try to uh, influence you by trying to pull you back into ways of living, thinking, or behaving before you were born again. Now, you do not have a sin nature. You have the nature of God on the inside of you. You've been born again. But remember, it's like the appendix. It's been cut off. Uh, but it's been, but the doctor takes it out of the body. God leaves it in you. And so you have to learn how to walk in victory over it. And that's what we're talking about it today. The, the number one thing that you need to know is that the old man, the old you died. When, when Christ died, you were placed into his death. When you were born again, when you received Jesus into your heart, the old sin nature was cut off. Praise God. Isn't that amazing? You were baptized. You were immersed. You were fully placed into his death. When did he die? 2000 years ago. So you were placed into that. You have to understand how God sees this. And then you'll understand what Jesus accomplished for you at Calvary. Verse four, let's go now into a second means of your identification of who you really are. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. Oh, so people sometimes get excited and they stop and say, yes, Pastor Stephen, we were buried. Uh, we were buried into the waters of baptism. But my friends, uh, 
when it says buried and when it's what what it's talking about here uh, this word does not refer to being buried in water that's not what it refers to and when it says we were buried that word does not mean buried in water in the greek it always means buried in a tomb wow therefore we were buried with him watch this therefore we were entombed with him your second means of identification when christ was placed in that tomb the tomb that had belonged to joseph of arimathea and joseph had this beautiful tomb and he allowed jesus christ to be buried in that tomb and that that stone was rolled over the entrance to the tomb and sealed when christ was entombed you and me were entombed with him and when you received christ as your savior you were buried uh excuse me you you were placed into his death and you were also buried with him so you were placed into his death and you were buried with him you were entombed with him that is thus far two means of your identification number one you were placed into his death when he died on that cross you died with him number two when he was placed into that tomb when he was entombed you and i were entombed with him and all of our sins went into that tomb let's leave them there hallelujah praise god well look what it says therefore we were buried we were entombed with him through being fully placed into his death my goodness now watch this let's go further and pull out the third means of identification that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Now, you, my friends, were placed in the Christ death. When he died on the cross, you died with him. You were also entombed with him in that tomb. And I was too, praise God. And Paul continuing on now comes to the resurrection that just as Christ was raised from the dead, that is the resurrection by the glory of the father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Well, that sounds to me logically like that. What Paul is saying that as Jesus was raised up, we were raised up with him as Jesus was resurrected. We were resurrected. That's logically what he's saying. Absolutely. And he brings it out more fully in verse five, for if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, that's your first means of identification. Certainly we shall, we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Oh, so his resurrection was also our resurrection. Yes, yes. Death, burial, or entombment, resurrection three means of the identification of the believer i'd like to see proof identification that you are a believer okay in the mind of god i was i, I died with christ there at calvary in the mind of god i was in tomb with jesus there in the tomb in the mind of father god i was resurrected with christ when he was resurrected those are my three primary means of identification pastor stephen but we we are resurrected what are we resurrected into well it says even so we also should walk in newness of 
life. You have been resurrected into a new life. The old, the old you has died off. It was completely cut off. The old man, the old dilapidated, uh, the old sin-bound nature, the old man was completely cut off. He's dead. If you're a woman, you could, you could in a sense say that she she's dead. Praise God. Well, what have I been resurrected into? Brand new life. You have been now placed because you're in Christ as he was resurrected. You also were resurrected and raised up with him. And you have now been placed into a brand new life. As it says over there in second Corinthians chapter five, when Paul says that we are new creations in Christ Jesus in the Greek, it actually can be read as you are a new species. Wow. Brand new creature in Christ, a new creation. You have this newness of life, a new way of living, a new way of talking, a new way of acting, a new way of behaving, a new way of thinking with the mind of Christ. You have the divine nature of God now imparted into you. You no longer are spiritually dead. You are spiritually alive unto God. Oh my goodness. Hallelujah. When Christ was resurrected, we were resurrected with him. As it says in verse four, the end of that verse, even so we also should order our behavior in a new life imparted because you have this newness of life, your walk as it says here, even so we also should walk. That is your order of behavior, the way that you order and structure your life, knowing that you now have a new life. Praise God. Look, look, you could have gotten saved and born again 40 years ago, but it's still new life and the potential to do incredible things in God with the spirit of God now working in you and living in you. The potential is just absolutely unlimited. And so the calling, the assignment, the things that God wants you to accomplish this brand new life. Oh my goodness, my friends, it is absolutely incredible. What we have, we are designed now to live with God forever and ever we will we will pass through the veil eventually and go to be with the lord forever with this newness of life continuing on continuing on forever and ever praise god so three means of identification viewed from the mind of father god as he watched this all unfold now the first is is that we were baptized we were immersed we were fully placed into Christ death. When did he die? 2000 years ago. Where did he die? There at Calvary in Jerusalem in the mind of father God. When he died, we died when we received Christ as our savior. Wow. We died with him there at Calvary. Now verse four, therefore we were buried. We were entombed with him. Wow. Where was that at? At that tomb where they placed his body at the tomb that Joseph of Arimathea gave for Jesus to be buried in. Oh my goodness. This is, this is sacred. This is holy. Praise the Lord. And so we were entombed with him through immersion, being fully placed into his death. Dead people are entombed. Praise God. So we died with him. 
we were entombed or buried with him. And as Paul continues on, we were also raised up from the dead with him. As it says in verse 5, for if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly, it only logically makes sense, right? Certainly, we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Woo! Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. My friends, we have a lot to live for. Don't let your past hold you back. Praise God. And even at this place right now where you're at, know your identification. You must understand what Jesus did for you at Calvary. This is the key to walking in victory and in all of the fullness of what God has planned for you to accomplish and to do and to achieve in life. Pastor Stephen, can you boil it all down to a very simple point? I can boil it down to just two words, in Christ. As long as you are in Christ, you are in the right place. Pastor Stephen, how am I in Christ? Through his death, through his burial, through his resurrection. You are identified in him through all three steps. Praise God. Know who you are. And remember, this is so important. The Apostle Paul, in writing one of his epistles, said, I desired to know nothing among you except this, Christ crucified. Christ crucified. Our death in him, identified in him. My friends, every answer to every question can be found at Calvary. Your most perplexing questions that you could ever bring before the Lord can all be answered at the cross. Woo! Praise God. I'm telling you, they can. <laughs> and the more that you understand and know what took place there, the greater freedom and the greater liberty you will experience and you will have in life. Also keep this in mind. Jesus said, if any man, that, that's, that's mankind, any woman, any boy, any girl, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, let him take up his cross daily. What is the cross? It is the instrument of death. Okay. And then let him follow after me. It's hard to follow after Jesus. It's impossible to follow, after, to follow after Jesus and fulfill all that he's called you to do if you're not willing to hang around that cross and take your cross and, and stay in that place where you understand the power of the cross working in your life, that you're dead to sin, that you're dead to sin, that your old sin nature has been cut off. The old man, the old man, the old man has been done away with. And what you deal with is these urges, these desires that would try to come from the sin nature that no longer has any power over you, but it's still, it's still around. And so what you have to do is you just have to say, sin is no longer my boss. Sin no longer has dominion over me because I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. And when you understand that, when you understand the power of the crucified life, then you, for the first time in your life, will begin to discover what real living is all about. My friends, let's take communion today. And as we take communion, 
What are we doing in communion? What did, what did the Apostle Paul say that we do in communion? We proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Why, why are we proclaiming his death? Because his death was our death, and if he had not had died, we could not have been redeemed. But he has redeemed us, so we proclaim his death because it's through his death that we now have the power of the resurrected life. We now have the nature of God on the inside of us. So, Father, we bless the bread and the juice. This is now holy. This is now consecrated. This now is the flesh of Christ and the blood of Christ. Father, we give you praise that Jesus really did pay it all. He paid the full price for our sin debt, and we're so thankful. Father, technically, he actually overpaid. Oh, my goodness, and we thank you. We give you praise. We give you glory. Mm -mm. Pastor Stephen, what do you mean that Jesus overpaid? Because it says in Romans chapter 5, verse 20, that where sin abounded, grace abounded much more, much more. In the Greek, it says grace superabounded, and even some more on top of that. That's what I mean when I'm telling you. He paid it. He wiped it out. Woo, we, we're free. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, we want to walk in that newness of life. Live for God. Live a consecrated life. Live a holy life. That's what we are free to do. And that's what we are empowered to do. Father, we thank you that this is the flesh of our Savior. And as we receive it now, we receive the strength of your word and the power of your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive. Praise God. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for the death of Christ, that we died with him. We thank you for the burial of Christ, that we were buried and entombed with him. And we thank you for the resurrection of Christ, that we have been raised up with him to enjoy newness of life. Father, Jesus said, Behold, I make all things new. And he sure did. Father, we thank you for his shed blood. We receive it. And forever and ever, throughout eternity, we praise you for it. In his name, let's drink now. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Father, I pray for your people that they be always quickly able to produce three forms of spiritual identification. I thank you that they know what it is. I thank you that the enemy cannot pull the wool over their eyes. I thank you they walk in the full freedom and the power of the resurrect of the resurrected life received from our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Father, let your spirit empower them to live this great life with great strength, with great boldness, and with great great empowerment to do mighty works for you and through you. We give you all of the glory. Bless your people today. We thank you, Father, for Calvary and for the Lord's death upon that cross. We are happy to identify with it. We praise you in his great name. Amen and amen. 
For more information about the ministry of Apostle Stephen Brooks, visit our website at stephenbrooks.org.